Our first reading on this Palm Sunday is from Psalm 118. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. And then to verse 19. Open for me the gates of righteousness. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks, for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. O Lord, save us. O Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord we bless you. The Lord is God, and he has made his light shine upon us. With bows in hand, join in the festal procession up to the horns of the altar. You are my God and I will give thanks. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And now we turn to our gospel reading in Matthew chapter 21, beginning at the first verse. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of hide there with a colt by her. <clears throat> Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those who followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. And as we're seated, let's pray. 
Our Father God, we thank you for the words that you caused to be written. We thank you that as we look at them now, you speak as you have been speaking. And so we pray now that uh, the eternal word of heaven would be alive to us in this place here and now. And we pray that through him, you might feed us and sustain us and send us out to be a blessing to others for your glory. Amen. Well, thank you very much to uh, David for uh, reading our Palm Sunday narrative for us. I guess for a lot of us here, full of familiar detail and event. I wonder sometimes if we wander past the detail of some of the Easter narrative without necessarily noticing. I prepared part of this sermon, uh, sat in the cafe in Blackwalls in town. I just met up with somebody uh, for lunch. We'd been talking about the Bible together and having lunch. Uh, and I decided to go to Blackwells down Turl Street and past some of the colleges in town. And as I did that, I caught uh, uh, glimpses and um, uh, audible glimpses of what uh, one of the tour guides in the centre of town was saying to her tour party. She was describing the architectural detail of Lincoln College. I've walked past Lincoln College hundreds if not thousands of times before, but as she explained the detail, the college and the context came alive for me in new and fresh ways. And so this Palm Sunday morning, I'd like to invite you on a short walking tour of the Palm Sunday narrative. Uh, Beth Fergie mentioned uh, in Matthew 21 at the beginning of our gospel reading, uh, sits or stands on the, the hill overlooking Jerusalem, about a mile outside the old city walls, uh, down into the deep Kidron Valley that Jesus rode into, and then out to the other side to the gates of Jerusalem, riding on a donkey. Uh, Matthew 21 verse 5 helpfully records that as a fulfillment of Zechariah's prophecy. Verse 8, the crowds were there, they were spreading their cloaks, often their, their most valuable item on the ground before the coming promised Messiah. Whilst others had cut branches from palm trees, quite a familiar practice, they were called lulav. Uh, they're there in verse 8, and they were a traditional Old Testament way of greeting God's promised king. Uh, they were particularly used during the Feast of Tabernacles, uh, which was also celebrated in Jerusalem, where the lights, every single light in the temple would have been lit, the palm branches would have been waved, water would have been poured out in abundant measure, and Israel would look forward to its coming king, the one who is the light of the world, and the water of eternal life. As the coming king enters Jerusalem, verse 9, the people are shouting words from Psalm 118, which was one of the Hallel, the, 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 the five messianic psalms uh, particularly used uh, at this point. And they shout, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And if we turn to Psalm 118, we notice the resonance 
the Palm Sunday narrative. Psalm 118, verse 19, reads like this. Open the gates of righteousness. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. Uh, during the last week, I've been uh, leading a retreat for some of the ordinands from St. Miletus Theological College in London, and we had a, a quick moment thinking about city gates in the Bible. They've got an interesting history. You might recall uh, from even the, the uh, narrative in Genesis chapter 3 in the Garden of Eden that when Adam and Eve are evicted from Eden, the gate of the garden is shut to them and defended by a cherubim with a sword. They're, they're barred from God's presence where only the righteous may enter. In, revolution, uh, in Revelation, uh, by contrast, a total revolution of that event, the gates of the New Jerusalem in Revelation are never shut to those whose names are recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. But that righteous citizenship of that heavenly city comes at the cost of Jesus' death. He might now be arriving to shouts of praise, but in five days' time he'll be taken out of those same city gates as a condemned criminal to be executed in our place. Condemned criminals rode out of the, or were led out of the city gates, and normally the last action of the city before executing them was to strike their name from the city ledger. Jesus carries our shame in order that through him the gate of righteousness and salvation might be opened up to us and our name might be written in the ledger of the eternal holy city. As I wander round Oxford, uh, I love our old city. Uh, but just behind that facade that we so admire, often it's easy to see a wilderness. As I speak to Carl, the rough sleeper, who uh, sits outside the gates of Pusey House day by day, or as I meet Matt, the gifted physicist who lives within the gates of Merton College in town, it's not difficult to see their personal wilderness. Sometimes they're in front of me, but I seem so unable to help. I wonder if uh, we feel the same, whether this week in particular we can be praying for each other, that we each would know how to love the people who find themselves in a wilderness around us to love them and to live with the values of the kingdom of heaven here and now, to draw people to Jesus and in how we live and in who we are, to offer them a connection with the one who is the light of the world and the water of life. 
the procession of Psalm 118 continues. Jesus passes through the gateway and inevitably would have seen the enormous stones that formed both the foundation stones and the capstone. Verse 22 reads like this. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Could equally be translated capstone. And it's also a pun. The word for cornerstone in Hebrew often sounds like the word for leader. It's uh, fitting that the pun is in place because Psalm 118 is a description of an Old Testament victory procession, an unexpected victory procession. The disdained leader who had been thought so weak by those around him wins a great victory and enters his royal city once again in victory as the conquering king. As Jesus' followers today, we're reminded that we are subjects of the eternally victorious king. Uh, In this Easter week, we will be reminded that he was disdained and despised, that nobody esteemed him. And yet, he has won a great victory for us. I wonder if living as citizens of the kingdom of heaven can sometimes lead those around us to despise or disdain us. Certainly that's true for a Christian friend living in London. When he converted from Islam, Uh, in North Africa, his his family disowned him. His family home became a mortally dangerous place for him to live in. Uh, He managed over time to smuggle a few treasured possessions out to a friend's house and about 18 months ago made a silent escape from the country he had called home to set up home in the UK. Uh, As he approaches Easter, this year in the UK, uh, based in a church in one of our cities here and working. Uh, We uh, know uh, that he will be aware what it means to walk in the footsteps of a leader who was despised and rejected, but a leader who has won a great victory. Uh, I'm not sure whether you know particular Uh, disdain from folk around you uh, for naming Jesus as your king. Uh, But if uh, not, and often in uh, the UK, uh, we're able to live uh, our faith out with great uh, peace, uh, we can be praying this Easter period for those who live under the threat of persecution, as many around the world do. Finally, we've come up to the gate, we've, we've ridden with Jesus in our mind's eye through the gate and through those great stones. And, and finally, we arrive at the temple, verse 26. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The psalm goes on, from the house of the Lord, we bless you. The Lord is God and he has made his light shine on us. With bows in hand, we join the festal procession up to the horns of the altar. 
Up until this point in the psalm, I'm not sure if you've noticed, but all the traffic seems to be one way. It's going into Jerusalem. And then when we arrive at the temple in Jerusalem, there seems to be a reversal of the traffic. It was there in those last few verses. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. Every citizen of God's kingdom isn't just called into his presence and his holy city, but is called not just to come, but to go out. From the house of the Lord, we bless you to be a blessing into the world and to shine the light of Jesus onto those surrounding hillsides and our community wherever we find ourselves. And so as our service continues this morning, we gather as followers of the despised king, the one whose death has won our salvation. We gather into his presence in remembrance of his death, which has won our freedom. But we also gather to go out into his world. And so let's be thinking as our service continues just how this Easter we share the blessing of the message of Easter with all of those we're going to be meeting in the week ahead and those we're going to be spending Easter with. Amen.